0: This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Good morning, everybody. I hope the new year is treating you well and you're having a great day. Coach Chris Cotton here from Autofix Autoshop Coaching, where we work hard to support your financial success. As you get into today's episode, you may know someone in your network who can benefit from what I'm talking about today. If so, please take time to share personally or through your social network with them. If you have an idea for a show topic or just want to talk shop, feel free to get with me at chris at autofixsos.com. But before we get started with episode 48, phase three, repairing your auto repair shop, I'd like to take a quick second to give a shout out and thank our sponsor, AutoLeap. Do you find it hard to manage the day-to-day at your repair shop? AutoLeap is here to make your life easier. AutoLeap is a modern, sleek, cutting-edge software for all your shop management needs. Say goodbye to stacks of paper and hello to your future. Streamline your daily processes, build stronger relationships with your customers, and turbocharge your growth, all with AutoLeap. What are you waiting for? Make the jump to the future of auto repair software with AutoLeap. Check them out at www.autoleap.com. You can also go to our show notes for the link as well. First off, I want to give you a quick reminder. If you haven't listened to the other episodes in this series, then please go back and listen to episode 39, series overview, episode 41, phase one, episode 44, phase two. If you've listened to those, keep going. If you want to listen to this one and go back, then I'm perfectly fine with that as well. So what we're going to talk about today is phase three of repairing your auto repair shop. You've gone through the tough parts of making sure that your profit margins are correct and you're moving forward. You're making money. You have pay plans in place. You've worked on the employee side of the business some. And now what's next? Now you have to sit and, and think about, are you happy with the shop you have? What else could you do with this shop? Or what do you want to do moving forward? And for some people where their shop is they're happy with and they want to move on so so that's kind of the next thing what's next are you do you want to expand in multiple locations do you have a a plan to conquer the world do you want to conquer the world what does conquering the world look like to you a lot of people one shop is enough some people a second and a third and and I'll tell you right now as a former shop owner with two shops and helping coach people with multiple shops, it's easier. If you can't go from one shop to three shops, then don't do it. For some reason, the second shop is a nightmare. And whenever you add a third shop, everything gets easier. Usually because you have somebody that's a general manager and you can take over all that. But really one to two shops is is a hard leap. My coach said, Chris, don't do it. If you can't go to, to directly and do two at a time, or two at this time and do one, two, and three. Don't do it. I did it anyway. It's one of those things that I didn't listen to my coach on and I probably should have. Again, I want you to reflect. Are you happy with the shop you have? And the next one, what's next? If you're perfectly happy having one shop, then let's make it the best shop that you'll ever have by doing some of the other things that we're going to talk about in here. Again, these are not in any particular order because we may finish a couple of these steps ahead of others, Some will have some chronological order, but these are all all the things that we're working on in phase three of the business. Okay, at this point, you should have identified key personnel that you want to keep and continue in the business. And then you want to look at these people and you want to develop them into leaders, not managers. We don't want managers of our business. We may want somebody in a management role, but we really want them to be leaders. We want to we want them to lead by example. We want them to call people on their BS and actively be coaching other employees at that point. And we don't want somebody just to move chess pieces across a board. We want somebody to stand back and lead, lead by example, and have somebody that other people want to follow. Follow through the day-to-day, the month, the grind, all of it. So in this step, we want to develop leaders, not managers. And we want to make those leaders and our other employees comfortable. We want to make their lives easy. By this time, depending on how fast you do it, margins are good, money's good, cash flow's good. All of our employees should be making good money. They should not be looking for other jobs anywhere. They should be happy and well taken care of. So we should be making sure our employees are comfortable. If you go back and listen to the quote-unquote 12 things for 10 years that I did, one of the things that I talked about was making sure that I'm overpaying employees. Like, I want them to come to work every day and be like, ha, I pulled one over on Chris because he's paying me way more than I'm worth. I want you to be able to do that. And if we're not running our business properly, and we don't have the margins place. we can't do that. So I want you to develop leaders, not managers, and I want you to make all these key employees comfortable. Okay. This is also the stage where we start talking about exit planning and strategies, and if that's something you want to do, if you're not um, looking at exiting the business now, then that's great. But it's never too early to look. Like maybe we want to exit the business twenty years from now. Okay, so what does that look like? Do we do we find key personnel? Do we sell outright? The other thing is we have to have all the books ready. Like all the financials have to be in place. We have to be showing that we're making a profit. That way, when we're ready to sell the business, we can actually have something to sell. So this is where we develop the exit plan and the strategies. It could be handing down to a family member. It could be, uh, again, identifying a potential owner inside the business and moving that forward or selling outright to somebody else. The other thing is, is, if you have multiple locations at some place, you'll get big enough that somebody else will take notice. And if you're making money, you can exit the business with three, four, five, six, ten 10 shops and collect a pretty big payday. I worked with a shop in the Florida Keys. We did a lot of tires. We had a, a great shop. We went from $300,000 a year when we bought it to almost $2 million a year. And Tire Kingdom took notice and bought us out of that location. And so if you're doing big things and you're big enough thorn in other people's side, then they will buy you out and they will send a a pretty big penny your way. The other thing is at this point you have to, we're talking about financials and finances, but you also have to protect the business with insurance plans, either insurance on the business, insurance in the business, insurance on yourself in case something happens. And, and then two insurance on key holders. Like if you, you can set up an insurance plan that sets money aside. And after five, 10 years, your person that's going to take over the business can have enough money set aside in that to, to write you a check for it. There's ways to do that. There's ways to insure your business for all of these things. Anything you can possibly think of, it's not just like workers comp and garage keepers and umbrellas. Like there's 10 more insurance plans that you could get for the company to help you succeed at this stage. The other thing is we've we've talked about red envelope, yellow envelope. Is your red envelope, yellow envelope done? This is something that we should probably be working on earlier. But at this point in the business, again, we're making money. Things are happy. Things are comfortable. Do you have your red envelope done? Do you have your yellow envelope done? What happens if you leave one day and don't make it back? Or somebody else in the business. Outside of the insurance part, again, one of the biggest thing you guys have heard heard me talk about this before is 529 plans for your children. Maybe one of your employees' children. What if you had, what if you had technicians? What if you had service advisors that had young kids and you started a 529 plan for them when they were done as part of their employee package? Holy cow, how cool would that be? And you don't have to max it out, like max out on a 529 plan is 350 a month. But what if you just started that plan, set it up for your employee, and then just contributed $100 a month to it? That's a perk. That's a benefit of the business. And you're within your rights as an employer to do that. for For me, for what we did with Kimberly, or Kimberly and I did for Piper, one of the best things we ever did is like within a week of getting her social security number, like when she was an infant, Kimberly's like, we should start saving for this child's college. And, and we did, and it's fully funded. Luckily, we rode a, a wave in e- uh, or a growing economic wave. So we were able to put money into it. It tripled in value. And so just think about that for a minute. I don't know if you know what college costs now, nowadays. Our daughter goes to a, a very nice public college in the state of Texas, in San Marcos, Texas, Texas State, beautiful campus. We're spending $15,000 a semester for her to go there. And that's, that's tuition, housing, books. That's all of, all of the things she has to have. That's not like any, any extra money, any extra expenses at all. So it's way different than when I went to college. And I think Kimberly went to college for, for four years on about $10,000. So it's it's definitely not like that anymore. And the other thing is your kids don't have to go to college. I'm not saying that. Have the money set aside. They can send it on, send it, you know, go to trade school, go to any kind of school that they want to. And also, if there's any money left over, you can pay the taxes on that and bring that back to yourself. You can also set that money aside and then pay for your child's wedding, whatever. You've got that money aside. And then if it grows, you can do anything you want to it. The sky's the limit. Also in phase three, we're, we're doing profit sharing plans. This is another employee benefit that you should be sending out to your employees, sharing with them, using to hire employees. Hey, we have 529 plan. We have a profit sharing plan. This is in stage three. Stage three is like heavy financial planning, planning for the future. Another thing that you need to do during this stage is retirement planning for you. It's not about you want to have the business ready to sell and be able to sell it and make money, but I don't want you to depend on the sale of the business to fund your retirement. Put money in a Roth IRA, have insurance available, have those things available, talk to somebody, a financial planner, what do we need to do in order to make this happen? Okay, start planning for your retirement during this stage, put money aside, put things aside, have that to retire on. And then whatever you sell the business for is above and beyond all that. Okay. So another thing is at this point, if you're, if you're moving out of the business as an owner, so you went from working in the business to working on the business. And now in phase three, maybe you take two days off a week. Maybe you take three days off a week. Maybe your shop runs without you and you only have to come in once a month and tell everybody hello. You have to Identify the person that's going to hold everybody accountable in your business. Who is the hammer and, and who is, is pushing that business forward? If you, if you listen to some of my Rocket Fuel episodes, you're the visionary. You've had an integrator. But now if the visionary is out of the business, then who's the visionary moving forward? And then does that person need an integrator? So, so there are key decisions to be made at this, at this step, but a lot of it is just financial planning, making sure you're ready for the future moving forward. I hope this helps. Phase four is a pretty short phase, but just to give you a little teaser, it's, I call it uh Margaritaville or the cowboy rides away, whatever you want. We're going to be doing that one in, in the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that. I hope you've enjoyed this today. I hope this makes sense. If, if you need to go back, go back to the beginning and listen to those episodes that I talked about earlier and, and really think about where you're at. Are you, are, do you not know what, what phase you're in or have you not even started phase one and you're in pre-phase? I'd love to talk to you about it. If you want to, feel free to reach out and email me or give me a call. Okay. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day to listen. If you haven't found us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify and followed us for free, then why not? I'm sure there's someone you care about who can benefit from our talk. So please feel free to share or forward this episode with them. This has been Coach Chris Cotton from AutoFix Auto Shop Coaching. If you find yourself struggling in your auto repair business or have a feeling like you don't know what you don't know, but you're eager to learn and grow your business, then please feel free to reach out to me. Chris at autofixsos.com or give me a call at 940 Get out and rise and grind, everybody.